0: Life Podcasts presents Son of a Son A podcast about how being better men can help us raise better kids Not all of us will get to be great fathers to little ones Uh But I'm always going to be a father until my last breath And so even when my kids are in their 20s Even when they're in their 30s Yes, I won't be wiping their bums, hopefully but i'll still be giving them guidance i'll still be an influence i'll still be sure and so for me it's about learning it's always about am i doing the best i know how
1: hi my name is habu and you are tuned into son of a son my guest today is bongani Benwa a south african legend in the broadcast scene this conversation was really really inspiring for me i hope you guys dig it let's go Hello, great people. Today, I am sitting across probably one of South Africa's major broadcasters, Bongani Bingwa. Am I saying it correctly? <laughs> yes, yes. Man, I am. I'm really honored to be sitting where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> um, welcome. Thank this you. Is, Thank uh, you. Yeah. So this is son of a son. I created this podcast, uh, I had the idea some some, some time ago, um, because I was passionate about fatherhood. Uh, but I really, I, I got the honor or the opportunity to talk to you via Prime Media 702, uh, because they say you're a dad as well. How's that been, bro? Uh
0: fatherhood is uh well firstly thank you for having me um uh it's an honor on my part to be part of this fatherhood has been the single greatest honor of my life it's also and i know this sounds like you know the cliche that everybody throws at you it really has been the hardest job um that i've ever tried Mm. because
1: that's a important word tried
0: it is also the thing for which I have felt the least prepared. Mm. It is the thing for which I was socialized to think I could do with the least amount of thinking or preparation. Men just have kids. You know, if if, if your partner wants to have a kid, sure, let's have a kid. Mm. But... The thinking and the planning that goes into what that actually means Mm. is not something men are taught to contend with, um, really, in most best case scenarios, until the baby's here. Yeah, sure, you help, Mm. uh, particularly if there's a woman in her life, you help her get through the pregnancy, I get that. Uh, But for the most part, men don't think about fatherhood until there's a baby or a person in front of you and even then it's a slow process we take years to be given the sense that we are actually finally in charge of a
1: human life and so we're not expected to be prepared so do you feel did you plan like did you try prepare for when you had your child i'm a man
0: in this society it was let's have a baby um I think in the case of my daughter, in fact, uh, the conversation went as casually as, oh, um, you're not on your pill. Ah, sure, nothing will happen. Oh, dear. Um, and of course, something did happen. Yes. She, 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 here she is 10 years later. I mean, that's the kind of thing sure. many men will relate to. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's, it's one of the most consequential things you can do in your life. And yet nobody expects you to be prepared for it.
1: So now, fast forward 10 years later, how do you feel like, okay, I've gotten the whole, you know, I'm getting getting the hang of this thing.
0: I don't know if you can ever say that. Um, (laughs) What I will tell you is that I have been a single father since uh the time she was about three months old we split up wow. um and i've been the primary caregiver since since that time mm. so the conversation goes from nothing will happen then she's here and then oh suddenly she's all mine uh you know to look after and to raise so i used to be the kind of guy who would say um and i thought i was doing well uh-huh. the baby's crying um do you think I should change the nappy? Do you think she's hungry? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what would you like me to do, yes. honey? And I thought, I'm on top of it. I'm involved. I'm interested. I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. As if she had read some manual that yes. I, you know, that was that was uh, 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 forbidden for me to read as if there was some kind of, um, instinct that she had that yeah. I didn't necessarily have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, now I've learned you know, you figure these things out through the process of elimination, yes. and that there's uh, really outside of breast milk, there is no obvious
1: advantage that a mother should have uh, that a father uh, doesn't have. You're you actually reminding me like when I had my first my born son, my, my father was actually shocked at how much, how proactive I was with. Helping, uh, helping is, a, is not the best word to use. Being there, raising my child yeah. with my wife. But you expected to help. That's exactly, what it is. Exactly. But you're right in saying that you didn't have a manual. But you got the process of elimination is Like if she can't do this, who's going to do it? Yeah, kind of thing. So I, I think even when my father saw me doing all these things, it's like, what What's happening here, bro? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I could understand his context, but I think like when he saw that, he, his question was like, Why didn't I do this? And and that was the question that he sat with. And he was like, yeah, I should have done this. There's nothing that would have stopped me from doing this. Yeah. You know, your daughter, how's that been, bro? How's, how's your journey been with her?
0: So raising sons and raising daughters, um, those, <laughs> those are like two podcasts on their Tell own there, it, right? Um, I mean, it's been interesting. I think that the bond between a father and a daughter is a very special one, Uh, much like a mother and a son obviously is too. But I think the biggest lesson is to also understand that she's still different from how I am. I'm a male Mm -hmm. and there are things that And it may be to do with socialization. It may be to do with the specific individuals concerned. I'm not sure. But there are still things that even though I've been the big figure, the big parental figure in her life, she is still negotiating. So we are now negotiating, uh, you know, uh, pre-puberty and the changes that she's experiencing and how she's beginning to see the world. And I have always been proud of the fact that for most of the 10 years that she's been alive yeah. I've been the first to know I'm now slowly adjusting to the fact that going forward
1: at least for a, for quite a time I might be the last to know so so does that do you ever feel like you're incapable like as she's going through all of that i mean like i have go i have daughters as well and like when i think of like when when they're going to experience like puberty and all of that stuff i'm like I need to kind of like prepare myself to how am I going to respond to that? Like, how, like, how's that been for you? I mean, like, it's not like you don't have the reference of, you know, a woman. You're, you can only give her this perspective from what you know.
0: Look, I do think that obviously I take
1: my parenting very seriously, yeah.
0: but I'm also comforted by the fact that because of the things that we know that our parents, uh, didn't know didn't mm. do um, I'm I'm also careful not to put unreasonable expectations either on myself mm. or on my children sure and what that means is the biggest thing I can give them is a foundation of love a foundation of confidence a foundation maybe even of assertiveness mm. I will not be a perfect parent um, hopefully you know they will, be better parents than I was but I will have my own flaws I will have uh things for which they might need to see a therapist I don't know yeah yeah. the question I need to wrestle with at the end of the day is did I do the best I knew how to do Mm. and did they experience my parenting as somebody who was doing the best he knew how and if those questions are settled with a yes I'm happy man
1: you're like I'm really inspired by what you just said, because sometimes it feels as though not a lot of men think that deeply about th- that role. Like what are you saying? What are you doing? How are you processing? what's coming up in your child's life and how, what role do you play in that? And I think like for the fact that you have that level of intentionality for me, I sit here, Having this discussion with another man that thinks the same way—it's really, really inspiring. But, but I wanted to like kind of like get a bit of the context of where your what your story is. Like, how is your upbringing with your dad? Like, you compared to your dad, how's your father? Your father ring versus his.
0: I. I liked my dad. My dad was. I have to be, I almost have to be drunk or high. I mean, not that I've ever been high, but I, I, I imagine what being high would be to be close to the kind of man my father was. He was, he was larger than life. He was bubbly. He, was, he, was, he filled a room.
1: Mm.
0: He was the kind of person you could have a conversation with and time would disappear. He was the guy who could really talk with kings and paupers, quite literally. I remember a trip we had come from, uh, we were in the rural Transkei in the Eastern Cape. We had gone, I think, to Port St Johns or one of those areas. We'd come from a beach and we're driving past a village. He drove a Mercedes Benz, the latest and best at the time. He was a lawyer. And we drove past a village where there was a... Msebenzi, a function, yeah, it was yeah, a gathering, yeah, yeah. and people were sitting around, a group of men were sitting around, uh, you know, uh, drinking traditional sure. beer. My father stopped the car, got out, sat with these men, and wow. struck up a conversation. And about 20, 30 minutes later, got back into the car and we drove off.
1: What did you think when you saw that?
0: Yet, my father wasn't there. When I was 21 years old, And I was a student. Uh, He lived in PE at the time. Mm. And I remember being on a shoot for a TV program I was doing uh, at the time. And I remember saying casually to the director as we landed in PE that my father lived in this city. And since the time I was seven, I had only seen him three times.
1: Between seven and and 21.
0: So, I had this experience of that's why I call it a kind of high, because I had this experience of this larger than life personality who suddenly wasn't there any longer. So I grew up with a fantasy. I grew up with a myth of what could have been. Mm -hmm. Um, My father was one of the smartest people I'd ever met. Um, And yet he wasn't there. He made choices in his life. Uh, that took him away from his children, took him away from his family. And the lesson I learned about my father was to understand that we're all imperfect beings. Um, And and, and that's why as a parent, I've also learned that it's not about me,
1: Uh.
0: right? Uh, It's about this person you have brought into this world who had no choice in this relationship. To some degree, as a man or as a parent, you have some control about whether you want to have kids or not. Yes. The kid has no choice. The yes. kid is just there. Yes. So the relationship, and this is why I don't have a lot of angst, it's not about me. It's about them. Yes. Because despite my father's absence, there was enough in my times with him um. to still give me this hero that I remember. For all the wrong choices he made sure. in his life
1: but that were consequential or, yeah. for
0: us, for him and for me. And so you ask about how I parent differently compared to him. I think the thing that I'm aware of more than anything else is that it's not about me. So, for example, I have a 23-year-old. I, I hate to use the word stepson. Yeah. I adopted him. Uh, and he's much more mine in terms of his personality and his interests and his outlook. Sure. Raising a stepchild versus a biological child underscores the point that I'm making, that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Being a parent is about the child. When you raise someone who's got options, because your kids are your kids, but when your child has to negotiate whether they accept your discipline or authority because actually, you're not my dad. You have to grow up. You have to always be the adult in the room. You have to wear the big panties. It's not about you. It's about, have I created enough of a healthy environment for this person to understand I'm only doing my best?
1: And I think that's, you know, like... uh, Sometimes the stats are around, like, uh, you know, kids in homes and all of these things are a bit shocking at, at times. And it's like, I think just that fear of, like, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm, I'm willingly bringing someone into my space and in my home that I'm choosing to be responsible for that doesn't necessarily have to be here, that at a certain age they can choose and acknowledge that you are not. My sole caregiver, or the original caregiver, or what my biological whatever, and I think, man, kudos to you. Like I honestly, you just inspired me even more just with that because my wife and I have thought so much about adoption in the sense that, like, you're right. It's not about us. You know, you think about the next child that doesn't have a parent, and you think about what happens to them. And I think, like just with this with the amount of selflessness that we could just push ourselves to to sit in, what could we do for another child?
0: Here's the other thing, though, when you don't center yourself in your parenting, so when you don't mm. bring things like, you know, these are my values, these are this is my house, these are my rules. Yes. it's about me you learn to deal with who's in front of you. Yes. So if you have more than one child, you'll know they may have different personalities, yes. they may have different interests. Yeah. But if it's about you, you'll never negotiate those subtleties because it's one size fits all. Mm. But if you're open to the idea that you are just helping another human being figure out what it means to live in this world who has no means or resources or experience or knowledge to do it without you uh. you begin then to negotiate a world in which whether the child is your flesh and blood in yeah. terms of your genes yeah. or somebody you've decided to take an active part uh, you know uh, in, in in their upbringing all of those things don't matter it's about the person that you are responding to 100%. that you actually
1: have the honor of yes. witnessing yes. grow up into their own fullness Said it so good, said it so well. And and you know, at the height of what we what we're experiencing in our country, like how's it been for you contextually with your daughter now? Like I'm sure, like I'm sure I, I, I only imagine that a ten years old, a little girl right now in our country has a lot of questions, has a lot of fears. Like how's that been for you as a dad? I think it's a frightening
0: Thing to contemplate uh-huh. at 10 years old, they're still children. Yes, um, I'm I, I have been privileged enough um, to be able to provide a sheltered life for my child, but there are already things that you worry about. You worry about your child every time they're not in your care, uh-huh. you worry about your child when they are with extended family members mm-hmm. when if you are no longer with uh, the other parent what happens in the other home you worry about your child when they want to go and sleep over at a friend's house and you do calculations like how many other males are in that house is there a father is yes. there an uncle is there yes. a brother yes. um, you are a little bit more assured when your daughter wants to sleep over At a house where there's a single mother with only daughters. Mm. You think, okay, that might be okay. So these are things to negotiate. These are things to grapple with. I have worked hard at being the house where everybody wants to visit Mm. because that's easier because then it means I'm there. But I know I won't always be able to control that. Um, And again, the biggest thing to provide is that safety net, that space that says, even if my worst fears were to come true, do you have a place to run back to? That's, I think far more important powerful, than thinking your kid will always be safe. I don't know if that's possible.
1: I mean, like in one of the other recordings, I remembered saying that like, just even with my daughters, like they will get to, I can instill whatever values I can. I can create the safe space that I can, but they will make their own choices one day. And, and you're right in saying that as long as they have that safety net that they can come back to and feel like I'm home, then you've kind of done your job. Absolutely. I mean we can't
0: we can't keep the world we can't make the world what it isn't. Yes. You know, we can't yes. make the world the way we would like it to be, it is what it is. Yeah, I and I keep emphasizing the point of how do you help this human being navigate the reality
1: in which we all exist? That's the best you can do. You can't reinvent the world. 100%. Man. So there's a common question that I ask uh, any of the men that we, that we record with. is The biggest question that we're sitting with at the moment is how, how do we bet ourselves as men so that we could raise better kids?
0: I don't know if there's a simple answer to that. I don't know if there is... (laughs) You've acknowledged that even with your own father, the learning hasn't stopped, right? Mm. By observing you with your kids, it has raised questions in his mind about things he might have done better. Perhaps your father wasn't necessarily a great father to little kids, but he can still be a great father to an adult man. So true. So true.
1: So true. Um,
0: And it's a learning process. Maybe not all of us will get to be great fathers to little ones, Uh. but I'm always going to be a father until my last breath. And so even when my kids are in their 20s, even when they're in their 30s, yes, I won't be wiping their bums, hopefully, but I'll still be giving them guidance. I'll still be an influence i'll still be sure and so for me it's about learning it's always about am i doing the best i know how
1: but you actually like i I got a bit emotional there because i realized that just even with my own relationship with my father is that in my toddler stage or teenage state it wasn't as great as what it is now And I think that's the beauty of it. I think it's just being able to celebrate that and acknowledge the fact that it's okay. Like, it's okay, not okay, but, you know, it'll get better. Remember, if you take the definition of doing the best you know how,
0: Mm. it isn't necessarily what I might want. It isn't necessarily what you might want. But if we have the same father, that father, can we say honestly, he's doing the best he knows how? So what he knows today and what he knows tomorrow will not necessarily be the same thing. Uh. And that's that's what we've got to be okay with, both as fathers and as sons. We've got to be okay with everyone doing the best that they have the knowledge to do. And it sounds like a simple thing, but it's it's layered in many ways. Because ultimately, the real lesson about all of this is you want the story that is told about you to be one your children will be proud of yes it's really that simple yes you will make your mistakes you will hopefully learn from your mistakes Uh, you may make choices that may have lasting consequences for your kids even then it may be okay if they know you did the best you knew how to do
1: Amazing, man. Bhavani, thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you so much for your stories. And that's it, folks. Life Podcasts presents Son of a Son. A podcast about how being better men can help us raise better kids. Hashtag Son of a Sun.